0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to Your Week in Chess. My name is Alex O'Connor, and I'm here with my co-host, Jordan Vassar. Jordan, how are you doing today? I'm
1: doing well, Alex. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited that I have just volunt- volunteered myself to do more work by, uh, by recording the Zoom that we're doing. Um, I, I made this Instagram account, and uh, you know I decided that I was going to start actually using it. Uh, and then I realized you kind of can't do Instagram if you don't have any photos or videos. Isn't that shocking?
0: <laughs> I I don't know about that. I mean, yes, that is shocking. For our listeners, can you let them know what the Instagram handle is so that they can pester us for more episodes, DM you hate comments, and also just various things like that.
1: Uh, yeah, the Instagram is your week in. Chess, uh, very simple. Uh, you'll you'll see the the logo of the of the podcast on there, and I don't know. I still laugh almost every time I see the logo of the podcast, the cover art. It's uh, I don't know. I think it really encapsulates the silliness, or at least I hope it does.
0: It's like, are you confused with your blunders in chess? <laughs> well, so are we. Fear not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you pick up your piece and instantly regret it? Uh, <laughs> But uh, other than that, you know, I, I'm doing well. Uh, it's It's been a little warm in, in Los Angeles. It was, it was hot yesterday on a Sunday. So I had to, you know, I had to go to the beach, Alex. I was really okay. slumming it. Okay.
0: okay. <laughs> I was like, oh. I hope oh, you enjoyed it.
1: My, <laughs> room, my room is hot. I can't play NBA 2K. I can't play chess online. I guess I'll go to the beach for a couple hours. And I was sitting there, I was like, this is uh, I don't know I have nothing to complain about but Alex Alex how are you doing How was your week in chess?
0: You know I feel like uh, when you have Victorian sickness as often jo- as Jordan does maybe a little bit of time in the sun is helpful. <sighs> I to, don't know, have be much rejuvenated. time so I know yeah we actually had our first snow up here. Thankfully it lasted a day and then uh, now it's gone. It's it's dead but that was pretty stressful. We were like is that. What I think it is. <laughs> and oh. it was. Yeah, but, the first snow of the yeah. year.
1: It's bittersweet. It's cause it's like you kinda <clears> miss it, but then you're like, oh no. This is just this is it for a while.
0: I missed it, but not not enough to want it back. You know? Yeah. But my week in chess is going okay, but Jordan, before we get into our weeks in chess, I think that we have to address something that's going on in the chess world. And that's oh. all of a uh, the sore losership of Magnus Carlson.
1: <laughs> uh, so, it's...
0: yeah, Jordan, why don't you take it away? Uh, give give our listeners some background, and then we can complain about it.
1: So, uh, for my mom who listens to this podcast, uh, who who does know? <laughs> Hi, Jordan's mom. <laughs> She's actually uh, my my parents are actually coming to town. They're coming to L. A. in um, on on Wednesday. So I have a short week of work this week. And then they're going to be here. I'm, I'm very excited mm-hmm. about
0: it. Uh, they can be guest hosts.
1: They can be guest hosts, yeah. They'll, 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 they have lots <laughs> of chess opinions. You know, They can tell us how the night I'm moves. Uh, um,
0: I feel like sometimes the night moves in an L, but do you ever feel like it moves any other way? <laughs> an so, upside down L.
1: Yes, sometimes a sideways L. Uh, so for my mom, who's listening to this podcast, um, uh, two summers ago... Um, Magnus played uh, against Hans Niemann, who is an up-and-coming American youngster. Uh, I think he was about 18 or 19 at the time. Uh, he has, he, Google him, he has, he has funny, uh, big, uh, curly, long hair. Uh, he's quite a sight to see. He, he frankly, um, you know, doesn't do much for, uh, you know, chess players just being, like, kind of ugly nerds. He, he's not helping us in that department. <laughs> but,
0: but He has a nice smile. He has a nice. He's a face that a mother could love. <laughs> yeah.
1: So Jordan's Hans- mom would love him. <laughs> Hans Niemann uh, beat Magnus Carlsen in uh, just a classical long game. Then shortly after, uh, uh, Magnus went to Twitter, uh, and I wish I had the tweet up in uh, in front of me. But he went to Twitter saying that, um, you know, basically accusing Hans of. Of cheating, doing it in kind of a um, in kind of a not really direct way, um, but uh, you know he he did it nonetheless. Every single person that read the tweet that understood the context, um, no know, knows what he was talking about. And then after uh, he he was being called out for for accusing somebody of cheating, uh, a, a a bunch of other top grandmasters also came out and um, and accused players that had beat them of cheating uh, and said it was kind of a more widespread thing. Do you have anything to add to this, or, or do you want to jump in here, Alex?
0: Yeah, and I think that part of it, too, is we need to have the context that it's almost impossible to cheat in these kind of games. Like, their cell phones are taken. I mean, how, how are you really going to cheat in something like this is kind of an open question, because... They, they check the bathrooms, they check all of the places where the players are allowed, they check... I, I mean, I, I really can't fathom how to cheat. And there were some pretty crazy conspiracy theories that were being circulated about how he cheated, including a butt plug, a vibrating butt plug that would give him the right moves. Which, which was picked uh, up by
1: Elon Musk. Elon Musk tweeted out this vibrating butt plug uh, tweet And then that's how this cheating scandal got sent out of the chess community into the stratosphere of just the zeitgeist.
0: And what's crazy is that, you know, if you were cheating, I would think that your moves would be different than how you normally play. Because, I mean, like, if you're playing with engine-like precision all the time, maybe you're just good at chess. But if you play with engine-like precision on, like, one move every 20 games that's like an, a consequential move, then maybe you are cheating. But like, how, how would you go about doing that is kind of an open question. But because it's Magnus Carlson that's levying these accusations and against like this guy who like, I mean, he's like a GM, like he's a good chess player, but he's not Magnus Carlson. He's not in the top 10. I think he's in like the top 50 maybe in the world. So better than us, but you know, not as good as Magnus. And he only does this with classical games. He doesn't really do it with blitz, and so a lot of the other players like Praganananda and you know Arjun and people like that who are up and comers that have not yet beaten Magnus in classical games haven't had these same accusations levied against them. Um, but then recently, right now there is a chess championship going on in Qatar, and it's kind of like Magnus is there, but also he's playing a bunch of these other like lower level players where, I and mean, by lower level we mean like. 2400 2500 2600 where magnus is you know 2850 basically on any given day but magnus had a very bad game where i mean he was just completely outplayed and he tweeted this later and the, i think the guy that beat him was like 24 or something or other That like he was the lowest person that magnus that has defeated magnus since um 20 2011 years. yeah it was I, yeah maybe 10 But it's been a while since he's been defeated by someone that is this lowly ranked. But he said, I was completely crushed in my game today. This is not to accuse my opponent of anything who played an amazing game and deserved to win. But honestly, as soon as I saw my opponent was wearing a watch early in the game, I lost my ability to concentrate. I obviously take responsibility for my inability to deal with these thoughts properly. But it's also incredibly frustrating to see organizers still not taking anti-cheating seriously at all. No transmission delay which is referring to the stream uh, spectators walking around the hall with smartphones. And you know, it's just, it just feels like bad sportsmanship in my opinion, because like you're Magnus Carlson, you've won, like you're obviously no one doubts this, the best chess player probably of all time, certainly living. And this guy who like, I don't know his name. Like he's, kind of like a like a younger guy. like Maybe one day we'll know his name. But, you know, this is probably the best day of that person's life. Yeah. Where he's like, I took down Magnus, the best chess player of all time. And then you go on Twitter and he's like, kind of like implicitly accusing you of cheating. He's accusing like, you of cheating. Yeah, yes. I, maybe, maybe not with this tweet particularly, but he definitely sort of was like, I would have beaten you if you hadn't been wearing a watch. I'm like, dude, that's such a stupid... And flimsy response. It's like, why can't you just be like, "Hey, good game, little guy," and then just move on with your life. You're Magnus Carlson. You know, you're fine. Let him have his day in the sun. Yeah. Because um, the
1: thing that he's insinuating, and the thing that these other um, grand ma- top grandmasters are insinuating, is that uh, there's a, there's a part of chess that's um, it's a sports. You know, there's a sportsman, uh There's a sporting aspect to it. That's that's the right verb. Where uh, if If you're doing something to mess with me, uh, then it's going to make me play worse, right? That's the accusation. But it's just kind of like, shouldn't you just overcome that? I mean, shouldn't you just uh, 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 be able to drown that out and just, like, play better? It just makes you... I I do want to talk a little bit later. I want to stay focused on Magnus here about just, like, the generalized... You know, the idea of, like, chess going the way of boxing. Um, but, you know, just Magnus needs to realize that when he does things like this, it is accusing that person of cheating. And he he, he can't he can't hide behind, oh, I wasn't necessarily wasn't doing that. Because it just, I don't know, it doesn't hold water. That's the way everyone takes it.
0: And even if it doesn't accuse him of cheating, it's certainly raining on this person's parade. Where it's like, dude, you win games. All the time. You take down people all the time. You are consistently the best all the time. I mean, like, right now in the classical ratings, he's, like, 50 points above the next person or something. Like, it's unbelievable that he's playing at a level that is above everyone else. And it's okay to have a bad day sometimes. You know, if you play enough games, you will lose some of them. You're not God, though he might probably think that he is at some times. But, (laughs) I mean, it's just... It just is crazy to me, just seeing his poor sportsmanship. And honestly, there has been a large amount of sort of this paranoia that comes when you're being at the top. Like, Bobby Fischer is notorious for believing that his opponents were cheating. And Bobby Fischer was a champion in the 60s. He's, like, a very well-known player. He has a ton of really interesting attacking games. Um, Vladimir Kromnik right now, who is a form- another former uh, World Chess champion russian you know is not playing on chess.com anymore because he's like oh people are cheating all the time because i keep losing i'm like dude you're like 70 years old like if you're playing bullet games you probably are losing because like you run out of time you know like like it's not how you're used to playing and that's fine like you had your day but like just because people are beating you and you're not as good as you used to be doesn't mean that like everyone else is cheating um, I want to stay
1: focused on, on Magnus here for, for a little bit. So, so back when the original sure. Hans um, um, situation broke out two summers ago, Alex, what were you thinking? What was your initial reaction when, when all of this first happened?
0: It's kind of my same reaction as this, where like Magnus is just a crybaby, bad sport. He's like, I'm so good at chess that I can tell when people are cheating. I'm like, that actually might be true. I can't say for certain. And it's just like, just cause you have a gut feeling that someone outplayed you in a way that didn't feel right. It's like, maybe you should actually, instead of being like, I am being outplayed by a computer. Maybe you should be like, maybe I had a bad day and they had a good day and it went out well for them. And
1: so what made you, know. what about his past um, behavior made you think that that was what, cause that was not my reaction. That was not how most people reacted. What, what, what made you come to that conclusion?
0: You think most people thought that Hans actually cheated?
1: I, look, I was talking about it with just people, right? And, and I was convinced that he cheated. I didn't think that Magnus, uh, you know, would go and accuse somebody if he didn't have overwhelming evidence. Uh, so I thought it was just going to eventually come out. I couldn't believe somebody but it's,
0: something. Like that. But it's ridiculous. I mean, there's no way to cheat in these places. It's like, oh, yeah, he had a vibrating butt plug. i like, really? That's... And he only used it for one move so he had it in there the whole day like it just feels like reaching you know this is not like something that normal people do this is not it's like so outlandish that i had a lot of trouble believing it and also you know magnus he's been like a he's been a prickly little lady for a long time i'm like that's fine like he has thin skin and he doesn't like losing which makes sense because he's the best and he doesn't like anyone like coming near that but also, I watched the game, the, the moves where he was like, oh, this was the cheating move. It didn't seem that crazy, it, like fit the spirit of the position. And I didn't think that it was so outlandish to think that maybe Hans actually like came up with that. And I know that then afterwards it came out that Hans was like had a history of cheating on chess.com. But then also a bunch of other people also had histories of cheating on chess.com. And I'm like, okay, well if everyone is doing it, you know, are we really going to pick out this one guy and be like, Hey, you in particular, when you did it, when everyone else was doing it, it's like so wrong. It's like everyone was doing it. It was wrong, but I don't know. I don't know if it like that translates to like a vibrating butt plug.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I, I look people, uh, people put butt plugs in, um, sometimes for long periods of time. I I don't know if, if, uh, I don't know. This is what I would say. It's a lot harder to become extremely good at chess than it is to figure out a way to have a butt plug in
0: for a period of
1: time. Uh, that that's the way I thought about it. But um, probably true. Uh,
0: so I
1: was just am and was a much more casual um, professional chess watcher than you. I, I didn't you know I I knew Magnus Carlson whatever I would wa- I watched the. Um, Magnus Carlson world chess Championships but I didn't follow the like melodrama of professional chess um you know I, I had an idea that some people didn't like Karu uh, but you know that was that's kind of the extent of my of my knowledge I would say over the past year and a half my opinion of Magnus Carlson as a person has decreased significantly from like yeah. demigod to like prickly you know twerp uh in in some circumstances uh and you know if it weren't that he had um accused hans of cheating and then presented no evidence and then essentially uh quit classical chess at the very highest level uh these have all made me think it's like oh it's it's we don't know if hans cheated or didn't cheat What we do know is that Magnus Carlsen has become a lot less interested in classical chess at the highest level. And look, that just makes you think that he's more likely to just, um, you know, accuse somebody, right? Than if he he were, you know, if he did um, re-defend the World Chess Championship and, and things like that.
0: But I also feel like it, what can you do? Like, if Magnus Carlsen accuses you of cheating, you can't say anything. The court of public opinion is immediately against you. Immediately, everyone was like, Hans got disinvited to a bunch of different events. You know, it, I feel like only recently have things kind of gone back to some level of normalcy. And it just, and like, also part of it, too, is like Hans Neiman is like kind of a D-bag. And like, that's fine. A lot of these guys are. Like, a lot of very successful people in all levels, in all fields, are kind of like lacking in empathy. And I think that we've all experienced that. We all know that. And just because I, and I feel like, you know, Magnus, it, it felt personal that he had this like distaste for Neiman, which probably is understandable. And even in the interviews afterwards, he was like, the chest speaks for itself. And I'm like, all right, man, like just answer the questions. Like just, just like talk about the game. It's fine. Like, and then that also was like, oh, well, maybe he is cheating because he doesn't know why he had to play that move, but that was the move. But, you know, that's what the the genie, so to speak, said to, said to play. But, you know, but you can't... In, in these levels, like, there isn't, like, an obvious... Like, oh, you'll know, like, take a drug test and then see if there's steroids in your system. You know, it's... Magnus Carlsen, who is the world authority on chess, said that you're a cheater. And it's like, well, he's also a human being that has vindictive tendencies and so you know what does that mean like, how are we supposed to take that at face value without any kind of grain of salt do and you then think now we'll have it again
1: oh, yeah yeah he's doing it again do you think we'll have professional chess classical professional chess at the highest level in 20 years do you think it'll even be a thing
0: i think that magnus will eventually win out where he's about uh being the world chess champion again but he just doesn't like the way it's currently decided which is like 13 classical games over like a month where there's which i mean honestly it sounds awful anyway and he's saying that he, there should be different time formats and i think that that's probably going to be the case where cuz i think classical games i mean they're very challenging very draining even when like we play them let alone with the stakes that they have and i also feel like you can prepare those games like just endlessly where if you have a good memory you can prepare a classical chess game for like 20 moves and i think that blitz allows for a lot more interesting chess i think that bullet allows for more interesting chess because you're not playing against a computer it's much more human feeling because a lot of it's instinctive versus preparation and so um i would be curious if it lasted that long uh like obviously it will last that long like but i don't know if it'll be classical games necessarily deciding the world chess championship anymore what about you
1: yeah, I mean, I, I guess I was. My question is like, well, I'll just say what I think. You know, I mean, I think there's a very, very big risk, uh, and I would say it's more likely than not that uh, classical professional chess uh, goes the way of boxing. Boxing used to be a huge sport in this country, it used to fill, uh, fill out Madison Square Garden, it used to be um, on TV. Uh, you're, you're even seeing now that. Uh, that boxing is coming back in a big way because you have uh, one of the Paul brothers, a YouTuber, who's gotten back into boxing and then is now, like, having these huge fights again. But professional chess is now big because a YouTuber happens to like chess. Professional chess isn't big because it's something that people are extremely interested in, and it's for one reason. It's because professional boxing was so um, engrossed in steroids that the professional boxers didn't want to do it anymore because one punch could get, give such serious injury. And yeah, there was, there's actually supposedly ways to test for these things. Um, but they just didn't believe it. And now like it takes a YouTuber to you know bring boxing back. And I'm really worried that's the way chess is going to go.
0: And by the one YouTuber, I assume you mean Hikaru likes chess. No, no, no. no. Boxing. Um, oh, well, yeah. Boxing the, with the Pauls. That's probably. why. That's yeah. why
1: boxing is is big and back on TV is because of whichever yes. Paul brothers is, is actually and is actually a good boxer.
0: Both of them right? now. Oh, are yeah. they both okay? Yeah, yeah. They. Uh, yeah, that's a whole thing. But and I think yeah, I, I, I would be interested in that too because I I think that. If there's this one, like... And I also find, like, this is kind of a bit of a hot take. I feel like chess would be a lot more interesting if Magnus retired. Because anytime he plays, it's sort of a foregone conclusion that he's going to win. And that does not... I don't think there's really been that kind of a dominant force in chess. Maybe since, like, Paul Morphy? I don't know. I mean, like, way back. Because even Bobby Fischer was like, well, if Bobby Fischer is not having a bipolar episode, he'll win. But he has bipolar episodes every other day, so it's it's really, you know, who knows how the game's gonna go. Um, but, I mean, just looking at the chess rankings, if you take out Magnus, it's like Nepo, Ding, Fabi, Hikaru, Anish, I mean, like all these guys are within, like, 20 points of each other. And they're all, like, like if Hikaru plays against, like, Fabi, Fabi, it's like, I don't know who's gonna win. But, um, I just feel like Magnus kind of makes things a little bit boring and he's also kind of like unpleasant as a person. I don't think that he and I would be friends in real life, but who knows?
1: Yeah. I don't I, uh, look, uh, sample size of one, I was less interested in the world chess championship because Magnus Carlson wasn't.
0: Absolutely. Involved. I was too. Cause it, it didn't feel like it was like the real, cause he's still playing chess.
1: Oh, so you think if he literally lost fair and square, that would be better than him just not playing as far as people in engagement.
0: Oh yeah. If if there was somebody that was better than Magnus that was beating him consistently, and I think that a lot of like the young talent from India, like you know, Vidit, Prague, Arjun, like people like that that are the up and comers, I think that one of them might be that person, like probably Prague. Um but You know, it's just like he just wins all the time, and like no one has ever like really decisively beaten him in a way that's like, oh yeah, they he actually lost. It wasn't like he had a bad tournament. It was like someone is better than him. (laughs) I just don't think that that person exists. Maybe like the closest was Fabi in 2014 when they had like I don't know like what was that 13 draws in the World Chess Championship, and then you know Magnus ended up winning in like the blitz section or whatever. But then Fabi kind of is sort of. He's not quite as interesting as he was back then.
1: Yeah, he hasn't kept going up. Yeah, I, uh, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, if somebody beat Magnus fair and square. Um, God, I had some thought, but, but it vanished. Uh, so.
0: But I also feel like this podcast has been a little bit negative. So <laughs> I think that we should finish out the podcast with something positive. So, Jordan, spooky season is currently oh, yes. in full swing. Maybe yes. not Maybe not for you. There is still sunshine and beach time for you. But um, <laughs> with the autumnal spirit, yeah. what are you doing to get ready for the season?
1: Uh, yeah, so I go as... this. I have the same costume every year. So I, um, I was a mailman for three months. Uh, it was the worst job that I had ever done in my entire life. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I got out of it and am doing something else now. And, importantly for spooky season, I have one of the uniforms from when I was a mail, uh, letter carrier. So I go mm-hmm. as a dead mailman every year for Halloween and it's, it's the best costume. So easy. <laughs> I just, I have a little, I have a costume. I cut it up. I put some like lipstick on it as blood. Um, it's so easy and I will be doing, um, a, uh, uh, called la critical mass which is where a bunch of people get on bicycles and bike around uh the streets of los angeles on uh the last friday of the month and i guess i've, I've never done it on halloween i've only done it one other time and i guess the halloween one is like pe- people go all out for for halloween and like really get dressed up so i'm excited about that but what do you have going on
0: that actually sounds awesome yeah. uh not gonna lie Uh, As you guys can tell, Jordan is the in-shape one of the two of us. Uh, Jordan's idea of his fun is uh, going on a bike ride. Good for you, Jordan. Jordan's doing amazing. He's doing great. Um, So recently, I have been watching Mike Flanagan's new show. And you guys might know Mike Flanagan from Netflix. He did The Haunting of Hill House, The Haunting of Bly Manor, Midnight Mass, and now The Fall of the House of Usher. And The Fall of the House of Usher is based on the short stories of Edgar Allan Poe, which I actually really quite enjoy. And it is a scary show. So basically the conceit of it is like they, I'm like not 100% sure about this. So like no real spoilers. This is my just sort of thoughts. I'm almost done with the show, but not 100%. Basically he and his sister like sell their souls to some kind of like demon for wealth. Kind of feels like that. And then all of his children start dying. And so, like, much later on, it's, like, 30 years later or whatever. And so every episode is, like, one of his kids, like, losing their grip on reality and dying. <laughs> which, it's, like, really interesting. And I'm really enjoying it. But it's also very freaky and scary. And um, But I've sort of noticed that as I've been watching this show, I'm like, oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. I'm like, this is less fun and much more sad now. Because now it's, like, the siblings that are not as, like, dementedly awful that are dying it's like oh man he was like nice and now he's dead that's so sad he was like a lovable drug addict drug addict like that's so sad and then there was like one like one daughter that was like very try hard and i was like she's great you know like she's not like a good person by any stretch but i enjoyed watching her and now she's like dying this horrific way like this is awful <laughs> so i've got like one or two more episodes left And I think that that'll be the extent of my spooky season. Is it, like, spooky, Um, like,
1: demons? Or is it, like, spooky, like, you don't know how they're gonna go?
0: Well, you certainly don't know how they're gonna go. Um, but there's a lot of, like, hallucinations. And, like, you know, he doesn't super know what's real and what's not. Um, like, the main character. And it's, it's spooky and, like, kind of gory. So, um... But it's it's quite good. It's really enjoyable. Uh, I really liked Midnight Mass, his other show. It was kind of about like this small town gets taken over by vampires. And then um, The Haunting of Hill House is kind of like a classic spooky season. But that was like kind of like piss your pants and terror kind of show. And this one's more of like, it's pretty funny. with like pretty pitch black humor. Um, it's a lot of fun. I feel like but there's also, been kind
1: of like a renaissance of uh like lower lower budget like horror recently in movies
0: oh yeah and i feel like i like it sometimes i have to really be in the mood for it and if i'm not in the mood i'm like this is awful and scary and i don't like it but if i am (laughs) in the mood it's like oh yeah spooky season yeah and you know i love it but
1: I'm never know. in the mood for spooky season, unfortunately. I, I know you said we're gonna going positive, but I I I uh, when I was eighteen, I was trying to be tough, and I watched scary movies with a girlfriend at the time, uh, and then after we broke up, I was like, oh, I hated every single one of those. I'm never making that <laughs> mistake again. So I pretty much haven't watched a scary movie since like being nineteen years old, and uh, I just. I look I, I, I get that some of them are good and whatever but it's just like nightmares are bad that's what I think that's my main It's thing.
0: true. Yeah. And and I think that I have to be kind of specific in what I watch because there are some that are just like horrifying and yeah. I'm not about it and I also don't like demonic horror for the most part. Yeah. But sometimes it's like there's a fine line like uh what they're like where it's almost more thriller where yeah. I like thrillers. Thrillers are fun, and I don't mind if they're, like, spooky season thrillers, but when it crosses the line of, like, oh, this is actually scaring me and I want to die, then I'm, like, less okay with it. And so there's, Yeah, I like, watched Gone and
1: Girl, like, and that was thriller, and that was good. Okay, what, what's a recommendation yeah. for somebody who thinks Gone Girl is, like, maybe kind of scary? Uh, do, you have, do you have any recs getting back into it after a decade, after a decade off the game?
0: It's, um, I'm looking it up right now and it's, um,
1: I, I hate demons, hate demonic, always hated demonic.
0: So so probably the perfect movie in my opinion of like this particular genre is a 2011 horror comedy called the cabin in the woods. Okay. If you're going to, if you're going to watch it, do not, uh, look up, look it up at all going completely yeah. blind okay but it's like kind of like a fun satirical take on horror movies while also being very funny but also like a little bit scary like it's a little bit thrilling you know there's like moments are like oh i'm scared but then yeah. it quickly kind of turns into like a pretty hilarious movie um you should watch that and uh, get back to me on it i would be very interested in your thoughts but we are approaching the end of our time And thank you for listening, as always, to Your Week in Chess. And we'll be back in two weeks, as usual. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Bye, guys.